Hi, Baji. Hi, Sufi. Happy New Year. And to you. Happy 2024. Yeah. It's always exciting to start a new year. And this is a very exciting time. This falls between our two birthdays. This is a classic tweener. Not a lot of time between our two birthdays, but here we are. Yeah. I feel like we've got sort of tough birthdays. When, where they fall in the calendar. I have the worst one, yeah. Yeah. Yours is is rough. December 28th. Between Christmas and New Year's. And then I'm just a week away now. Little shout out to our friends over at Ted Lasso, who we've known forever. I guess they dubbed uh, December 28th Sexy sexy Christmas. So I got that going for me now. Oh. I knew a guy who used to throw a party on the 28th, and he called it The Taint. Oh. I think maybe if given the choice, I might go with Sexy <laughs> Christmas. <laughs> it was like the taint of the holidays, and he would always throw a party sort of between. Yeah. Yeah, I think we all get it. I mean, maybe the kids listening don't, but that that taints my job to explain it to them. Yeah, no, no, a taint. But yeah, I love New Year's. New Year's to me has always been a great holiday to get together with friends. It's like Christmas is family and and New Year's is friends. Yeah. I will be, obviously this is airing afterwards, so I don't know how it's going to go, but I'm very excited. Atlantic City, I did a New Year's show in Atlantic City years ago where Alexi and I went together. Um, but this year I'm doing one with John Oliver in Las Vegas on New Year's Eve. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That'll be very, very nice. I hope that went well. Thank you. Yeah. I'm sure it will. I hope so. Yeah, I feel like that's a pretty guaranteed good time. And you, you enjoy that too? You enjoy doing a double bill like that with Oliver? Oh, God, it's the best. Yeah. We did three shows together in New York, and we're going to do some more in 2024. At the Beacon Theater. I feel like the audience is in a very good mood because at minimum they like one of us. At maximum they like both of us. Yeah. And so just in general, the mood seems more excited and then that just takes the pressure off. I feel as though, oh, they're just here to have a really fun time. So it's nice. And do you guys, do you sort of chit-chat backstage before the show? Does it feel more relaxed um, oh, yeah, very much so. Yeah, there's no, like, sitting and scribbling and doing all of that. It's yeah. it's loose. And also, we have each been doing 45, and then we do Q&A with the audience, which is, again, I think they are just so happy to realize, oh, we're seeing a thing nobody else gets to see, which is right. um, a lot of fun. Yeah. And he's a great guy. He was one of our early guests on this one podcast. Of our early guests. And let me say, when you start a podcast, the first thing you have to do is call in the favors. And (laughs) as we talk about uh, the best of this year, just know the truly best of the year for us is uh, the friends we reached out to early on, before this was a podcast, who were so kind to give us their time and uh, get this off the ground. Because this is genuinely, Josh, I'm not just saying this because you're my brother, and this is the podcast I'm saying it about. Highlighted 2023 for me has been doing this. It's like found money. Yeah. Just in terms of how delightful it's been as a thing that we get to do. Yeah, and also sort of as a thanks to those those early guests uh, who came on to do the favors, I feel like they have now sort of set a table that other people who, you know, might not know us as well want to come join, which is which is just great for us. And 
I feel like it's great for our listeners, but I feel very fortunate and very lucky to have done this. And I'm, yeah, I'm so looking forward to doing more. When you say it's like found money, would you also accept if I said it's like your dog shit a 50 on Christmas morning? Call back. <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah, it's it's similar to that. A couple reminders. We established a few things in the last episode. <laughs> if you ever want to call in and leave a message anonymously, we ask that you use Bill Wall as your name. And also, from now on, instead of saying found money, say bandit shit a 50 on Christmas morning. <laughs> it's a real bandit lifesaver situation. All right, so now this is very exciting. You've heard her voice a couple of times, but she has been so essential I feel like, is that the right word? Instrumental? Instrumental is a better word. Thank you, Josh. She's been so instrumental to uh, the success of this podcast. It is Sam, our producer, has a few questions for us. Hi, Sam. Hello. 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 Uh, best of the year. I can't believe, I can't believe the year is already come and gone. I know. Come and gone. Yeah. You guys had 26 guests on the podcast this year. Incredible. Wow. Very exciting. I know. So... Of those 26 interviews that you guys did, I'm curious, was there any guest that changed your perspective on something? Whether it's like maybe a place you wanted to visit and they swayed you from it or convinced you to go there. Or it could even be, you know, something like we did have Leslie Jones on talking about how she is convinced different airlines have their planes take off in different patterns. And maybe, maybe you believe that now. Yes. Can I just say, I think as far as the most uh, zen, positive take on travel, I thought Phil Kogan yeah. Yeah. was really special. The way he talked about travel and the reminder that you shouldn't let money be a hurdle to where you go. There's a lot of ways, if, if you're creative and, and adventurous, to see the world uh, without it breaking the bank. So he was... He was maybe the one where I found myself just enjoying listening to his take on on this part of the world. Yeah. Yeah. Same for me. And he's also one who was like, oh, if you guys ever want to go to New Zealand, like, let me know and I'll set you up. And I just feel like now I'm in a race in my head to figure out when can I get to New Zealand because I don't want it to be 15 years later. And I'm like, hey, do you remember me? Like, I'm now I'm going. Yeah. He seemed very genuine about that offer, too. Yeah, he did which maybe he was not genuine, and that's just, like, how good of a host he is and how he can play it off, but he sure seemed genuine. I'd be shocked if he wasn't. This is a, just inspired by that. I won't say who it is. There was a guest on my show, and they own a somewhere in the U.K., like an old castle they, they bought and renovated, and it had been photographed in a magazine. And I said to them, oh, I saw your castle. And they said, oh, if you ever want to go, let me know. And the way they said it, both seemed like they meant it, but also it's not as much fun as you think. <laughs> maybe it's haunted. Yeah, haunted or damp. Yeah, I thought maybe damp, there was a chance cold. of dampness, yeah. Yeah. Seth's asthma isn't well-suited for castle life. Based on my asthma, I would have had a very short reign as a child king. They would have called you the feeble king. The feeble king. <laughs> so, or, or like um, his wheeziness. They say that the Spanish lisp comes from there was a king that had a lisp and everyone ah. adopted it. And that is why Spain Spanish is the way it is. And I feel like had you been a king, people would maybe always speak like they had a cold. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That'd be cool. Yeah. If they loved you, if you were a beloved king. I'm from Barcelona. Like that. <laughs> well, no. I feel like you would be more of a British king. Oh, I see. Yeah. Yeah, gotcha. 
Yeah, I don't know why. I also liked that Amy Poehler posed the question of what role were you born with and what were you encouraged to take on when talking about being an older sibling and her love for planning trips. I thought that was really insightful. I I loved that. Yes, Amy does sort of, I feel like, see sometimes the world in the way Neo sees the Matrix. And I think she's always sort of looking, what role do we play? How early did we know it? You know, for example, Josh on our vacations was the one who was— easily robbed (laughs) you know like none of us had to worry about getting robbed because we knew josh would take care of it yeah but i also had the least yeah that's true yeah i needed the least yeah how many times were you getting robbed josh (laughs) once i think (laughs) yeah but he's in like he's in a soundproof booth right now there's somebody probably right outside that going through his bag (laughs) yeah rifling through his stuff. Yeah, I think just once. You guys ask guests what family they would want to go on vacation with. And I thought about asking you the same, but I'm going to do something different. Instead, I want to know if you had to pair two guests up to take a vacation together of the ones that that you interviewed, who would it be? Oh, man. I mean, funniest for me is John Oliver, Leslie Jones. Like, get those two together. (laughs) Yeah. Just say, the two of you have to decide independently where we're going. You have to have meetings and come to a conclusion. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, I mean, Ike Barinholtz is just such a good friend of ours already. So I feel like any time I've been anywhere with Ike, it's been a blast. But I don't know who I pair him with necessarily. I feel like Ike and Polar together are pretty— Yeah, that's a good team. And I mean, the the of course, the pod hack is that we could actually pair Dax and Kristen Bell, who oh, right. are, are prepared, but we had independently. I think that would be— I will say another prepared group. I'd take a vacation with the Chaim sisters, man. Oh, yeah. yeah. I just saw I saw Princess, Maya Rudolph's Prince cover band. I've seen them twice recently, but I saw them last Friday. Now, this is December 9th that I saw them in L.A. And Chaim came out and played with them. Wow. Oh. It was awesome. It was such a great surprise guest. They're the best. Yeah. Yeah, they're fun. <laughs> Mackenzie was with me, and she's like, oh, it's such a bummer you couldn't talk to them and be like, you're my friends. I wrote you a song. And it's like, yeah, well, <laughs> in, time, in time. In time. So, okay, we got a lot of messages from listeners. They really came through when we asked them to tell us their favorite episodes of the year. They also, you know, we just want to make sure they're feeling heard. They had a lot of requests for guests, and an overwhelming amount of listeners said that they, you guys are brothers, and they would love to see the Kelsey brothers yes. come on the pod. They're obviously getting a lot of attention, but what are your what are your thoughts on that? Maybe we could convince them to come on. The funny thing is the timing, I feel like this pod started a little bit after the Kelsey brothers, and our uh, Hallie Raff, who runs our talent department here at the show, has been helping us book this. And I remember her being like, what about the Kelsey brothers? And it really felt at the time as though that was a even trade. We do theirs, they do ours, everybody gets the same thing out of it. And man, oh man, things changed. Man, oh man, did things change. So just know from the beginning, we thought the Kelsey brothers were a great idea. And now we don't want to seem like a Johnny come lately that we're <laughs> trying to uh, to hitch our wagon. Uh, but I, you know, I had uh, Travis, I, th- I believe Travis's first uh, talk show uh, was this talk show, uh, Late Night. That's exciting. And uh, obviously he's since uh, moved on to bigger and better things, including being an exceptional SNL host. So I'm very happy for the Kelsey brothers. I know they're both very busy right now with football, but maybe in the off season when things cool down, they would come on because that would be awesome. Yeah, they're so funny. They're so charming. I was watching some Monday night game and Jason Kelsey was just sort of in the booth and he's great. Like they're both so engaging. Yeah, we would like to have them. We're not the reason they're not on. 
guys. Yeah. We would love to have them on. Yeah, <laughs> we'd love to have them on. Perhaps in the off season when they have yeah. a little time. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm going to play some of the listeners' favorite clips, but before I do, 3.5 million downloads as of today, the day we're recording. So wow. Amazing. I have a feeling we're going to hit four by the time this episode releases. That's exciting. That's fantastic. Thank you, everybody. That means uh, so much to us. This is something Josh and I wanted to do for a long time, and there was a, a you know, really awful uh, set of work stoppages for the right reasons that happened this year. So happy to be on the other side of those. But this is the best thing that came out of it. The fact that Josh and I started doing this podcast and we get to keep doing this podcast. So thank you so much. The listeners have spoken. And so here's a clip from the episode that they said they loved so much, which was our very first episode ever. It's Amy Poehler. Another little brother thing, Polar, because I remember talking to my parents and they're like, well, we talked to Josh. It's not going well in Thailand. And I was like, <laughs> no shit. <laughs> Go to Thailand by himself for 10 days. You're right. I, I did a real little brother thing by going to, on a trip by myself. I was like, I can be a little brother too. Yeah. It didn't work yeah. for you. You're not, it, you're not built to be a little brother. No. I remember calling my dad and, or my parent, you know, my parents. And I think like my dad was like, well now, you know, there was like a market down on the beach, you know, they sold bracelets and little purses. And, you know, I had about seven days to waste or whatever. It's like, and my dad was like, you know, why don't you practice haggling? <laughs> Go practice. And so I did. I did. I went down to the beach and I was like, and I just want to point out, for some cultures, it's really almost disrespectful if you don't try to negotiate and bargain. It's, they don't yeah. like it. And it's, it's, it's a language, right? You're not, you're not trying to get it for free and they're not trying to rip you off, but you have to have this exchange. It's part of the deal. So I would go down and Say like, you know, they, how much is this? They'd say five. I would say, I'll, I'll give you one. And they would go, get out of here. You know, they'd be like, get out of here. And I'd go, all right. And I'd leave. And then I'd come back the next day like, <laughs> because, you know, that was all I had to do. So I, I, was, I became good at haggling. So you uh, did not learn how to play guitar. Nope. But you came back an excellent haggler. I got two or three woven bracelets for the price of one. Wow. And I remember all our years together at SNL, no one haggled with Lorne better than you did. <laughs> He'd be like, we're not, we're not doing your sketch. And you're like, get out of here. Lorne would, like, would be like, we need you to cut two minutes. And I'd be like, how about one minute? And he'd be like, no, two. <laughs> and I'd go, okay. It's very fun to think of Lorne at a sort of outdoor bazaar haggling with someone. Mm -hmm. I, I do enjoy... Uh, uh, for the for anyone still listening, and God knows who would still be listening at this point, um, <laughs> I have a piece of advice, which is a, a, a phrase that I learned during that time, which was when you say, you know, and how much for this? And they say, you know, $10. You, you can say, uh, can you do any better? Ooh. Mm. It's a great good. way to say, to even start by saying, you know, I'm not going to insult you by like, you know, saying $1. But you could say, can you do any better? And sometimes I'll go, ah, okay. And um, yeah. my favorite thing about living in New York is that attitude is the fuel on which New York runs, which is aggravated collaboration. Yeah. Can you do any better is one of the lessons I feel like I've taken from the podcast. That was a very early episode, but I feel yeah. as though I'm bad at haggling and can you do any better 
I think all of us should take in our back pocket for the next time they are at an outdoor bazaar because it's a very positive way of trying to reach a deal point. Yeah. I also, I just love hearing Polar laugh, telling telling these stories. It's so, yeah. Yeah, what a treat. I remember I tried to write a, she mentions Jewel in that podcast, and I tried to write her song for Who Will Save my soul who will save your soul and it was just too hard for me to do i couldn't couldn't wrap my head around it but yeah it was who's this lonely teenage girl because because she was younger than everyone else at that resort and then yeah she had her guitar and her little woven bracelets and everyone else i remember was like in their 30s and was like we need to help this this poor girl who came here alone i've said it so many times but man that wednesday table read at snl which can be real rough sledding and sketches bombing one after the other. The flag never touched the ground when Puller was there. Puller would throw out a rescue cackle. Every time she felt as though it was about to, you know, nosedive, she would do something. And just the spirits she lifted over the years, be they old salts or new writers, she was the one who was there. We were all in her debt. Wow. Occasionally, when you were doing Update and Mom and Dad would be in the house— you could hear mom offer up a rescue cackle in the audience. It's a little worse when it comes from your mom. Yeah, it's a little worse. <laughs> mom laughed as though she was saying out loud, leave my boy alone. <laughs> <laughs> Which is something that she has said and will yeah, say Yeah, she would again. absolutely say, yeah. keep your yeah. goddamn mitts off her boy. Yeah, great episode. Thank you, Amy. Thank you, Amy. Hey, we're going to take a quick break and hear from some of our sponsors. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Hey, Pashi. Yeah, Sufi. You know, a lot of people, this is the time of year, New Year's, take stock of yourself, decide what you want to change, what you want to work on. Do you have any big plans? Yeah, I mean, I feel like you and I both have this thing where if we encounter like a loaf of bread and some great dip, we're probably going to go through the entire loaf of bread and the entire thing of dip. Yeah. Are you going to try to stop doing that? I want to stop doing that. You know what? I would say a good resolution for me. I do not order cheese anywhere. Mm-hmm. I don't order dairy. If there's a cheese plate at a party, I'm going to be there the whole night. Yeah. So I'd love to maybe try to wean myself off an entire cheese plate. Not only because it's too much dairy for one uh, sitting, but also the, it's not just for me. Maybe there are things you feel like you crushed in 2023, but there are things gaps, holes in your life that you want to get working on too. That is why we want to talk about better help. If you're trying to work on yourself, just sort of telling yourself I'm going to be better, it's a good start. But having someone to talk to and to bounce ideas off of and someone to sort of listen to everything you're saying and help you process it in a more constructive way is very, very helpful and I've found to be much more effective. And you can do that over at BetterHelp. So celebrate the progress you've already made, but also visit betterhelp.com slash trips today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash trips. This episode is brought to you by U.S. Bank. I'm a foodie to the core. Whether it's in the kitchen, trying out a new recipe, or end-of-the-year lists. I get so excited, Pashi. Yeah. When the New York Times prints best restaurants in the city, make a list, try to spend the rest of the year hitting them all. And now, with the U.S. Bank Altitude Go Visa Signature Card, I can earn four times points when you go out dining or order takeout and restaurant delivery. Plus, earn two times points when you shop for or order your groceries. Think of all the rewards you'll earn every time you make your favorite meals or dine out. 
The Altitude Go Card also earns two times points at gas stations and EV charging stations as well as on streaming services. It's going to be a lot of dining out for me with mom and dad coming in town for the holidays. And it's going to be nice because the whole time I'm going to be acting like I'm just buying them dinner, I'm really going to be getting myself some points. And are you excited to bring mom and dad out to restaurants with the industrial flashlight they now bring to read the menu? (laughs) Yeah. Plus, discover how you can earn 20,000 bonus points, a $200 value at usbank.com slash altitude go when you apply. Live every day your way with the Altitude Go card. Learn more at usbank.com. Dot com slash altitude go. Limited time offer. The creditor and issuer of this card is U.S. Bank National Association, pursuant to a license from Visa USA Incorporated. Some restrictions may apply. Our next clip is from an episode that the listeners really, really loved. But we also got a lot of messages from people being genuinely concerned. So I'm going to play a clip for you from the episode with Colin Jost. Do you remember traveling well? And when you're on a four-hour drive, is it everybody talking in the car? Is it you and Casey talking in the backseat? How did you spend the time? Like, we were a book-on-tape family. We uh, fought a lot, pretty pretty, uh, aggressively fought, physically fought. We were also, i just remembering this, we would bite pieces of uh, the car <laughs> the headrest behind my parents and my and my grandpa like my grandpa would drive us around and we would bite pieces out of the headrest <laughs> of the red headrest of their like 1970s volvo and the at the point that they noticed we had basically eaten <laughs> eaten the headrest down to the metal wire <laughs> In the bottom of the head. So the, there was like the top of the headrest was intact and the bottom was just a metal piece that used to have foam and leather or whatever. Now, my question would be, <laughs> to what end? I don't know. I know. I'm just remembering this and I don't know. I don't remember what the purpose. We were definitely based on photos of how heavy we were. It was not for sustenance. We did not. <laughs> we never wanted for food. <laughs> This wasn't a child services intervention issue. Uh, We just, I think it was like boredom at that time before you could have a video game or something that we just decided, let's see how far we could get eating, eating our, the headrest of the car. car. And so would it be both? Would it be the the driver and the sort of Yeah, we both worked at them. And maybe it was almost a competition to see who got got to the wire the fastest. Did you always have like your seat? Were you always behind the driver? I I, I thought you were going to say, did you always have bigger teeth? Did that help you? (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Yeah, so we always had a side and it was just a side. I don't know what, I don't know which was better. I I guess, I think, I think I was behind the driver's side as the older brother. Did you guys have that? I don't remember. I don't recall. Yeah. Now, I have a couple of things. One, an observation that seatbelts used to be worse if you could lean all the way forward and chew at the headrest behind. <laughs> well, we would, always, I don't know about you guys, but the seatbelt was always, you'd immediately take the shoulder thing and be like, this is uncomfortable. So you put it behind your head. There you go. Like, you know, behind your whole body, which I think defeated the purpose of the I don't even shoulder. think we had shoulder straps in the back seats. I feel like we just had little lap band things. I do think this is us being a tick older than Joe's. I think you might be right. Shoulder yeah. straps were for yeah. his his golden generation. <laughs> but Joe, here's my other thing, because sometimes now being a parent, 
you'll catch your kids doing something that makes you angry. But then there's something like this where it both makes you angry and it makes you question everything about your kids. Like if I saw that they were chewing the headrest, I would both be mad because the headrest had been chewed. But then I would be so worried about the future that I right. had sort of headrest eating kids. What was your would, what you was the reaction? Kind of start to question yourself as a parent. <laughs> I mean, that might be the story that I think about the most from year one. Yeah, but that's our good buddy Colin Jost talking about being in the backseat with his brother Casey. It's funny. It's haunting. It's fascinating. I was just at an event with Jost, who I love so deeply, and I wish I saw more. And it was a fundraiser for the Natural History Museum here in New York City. And Joseph and I were at the same table. And his lovely wife, Scarlett, Johansson, was also at our table. And obviously, I don't have to tell our listeners uh, what Scarlett looks like or how talented a actor she is. The thing you might not know is she is also so funny and so smart. It is the jackpot of jackpots to uh, spend an evening in her company. And now, whenever that happens and I'm with her, all I think is, how did you end up with this seat eater? Could have had the pick of the litter. Yeah. And she's with a seat-eaten maniac. You know, not to bring it back to the Kelseys, but there is that picture of, like, the young Kelsey boys where they don't, I mean, they don't look like heartthrobs. No. Nope. I guess I'll say. Yeah. And uh, and it sort of was put out there as like, hey, guys, <laughs> one of these guys dating Taylor Swift. Yeah. And one's like, uh, in, in like SI is like greatest bodies, like most attractive, whatever. They're just like, yeah, they're crushing. It all happened. So it's never over. There is hope for you yet. There's hope for you yet. Again, that was an early one and a fun one. And one of the great things about doing this is sometimes it's, oh, my God, we got to talk to Polar for an hour. We got to talk to Joe for an hour. Those are things I was lucky enough to do a lot over the course of a decade. And then other times it's, oh, this is somebody I've never talked to before, and you get to have an hour. And it really is, I think, you know, hopefully to listen to as well as to do. But the joys of a conversation are very nice when you have uh, the kind of guests that we have stopping by to talk to us. Yeah, and time. Like, because it's not just a quick catch-up to actually sit right. for an hour and talk. We would have had to have been so bored with Jost to have gotten to, like, you ever eat a headrest? <laughs> <laughs> I, in my car, a lot of times I'll have the seats from the back seat down because the dogs are back there. And I remove the headrests when I do that because I'm worried that the dog's going to sort of step through yeah. and uh, sort of get twisted. And so, in general, the headrests are off of my back seats and they're sort of on the floor of the back seat. So I handle headrests semi-regularly and I can't handle it without thinking about Joust. And I've yeah. not tried to take a bite out of it, but... No. But you do think, like, what's... Is there some sort of weird... Yummy jelly filling or something that only the Joe's boys know about. It is shaped like it's shaped like uh, like a turkey in a way. Yeah, yeah. They were kind of asking for it. Is that what you're saying? The design was a little <laughs> yeah. too yeah, a little too delicious. Maybe they looking. changed the design. Maybe maybe it wasn't just the Joe's boys. Yeah, and these '70s Volvos. He said it was a Volvo. All right, great. Thanks, Joe's. Any guesses who our third fan favorite is? Leslie. Third fan favorite. Oh, uh, Holland. Tom Holland. Great guesses, but not quite. And actually, it's not even one guest. It's three. And if you don't know who I'm talking about, of course, it's the Haim sisters. So here's a clip from their episode. 
anything. I mean, like my, the infamous Rockenheim story that I always go back to is when we played Radio City Music Hall. We had two nights in a row and we really hit it the first night so much so that like our voices were just exhausted and we had a show literally the next night. So we play the show on the second night. My parents are in the audience. Well, before the second night, they were like, can we, I think my parents were, were like, like, are you going to, are you going to, are we, could we play like a song? Like, well, like, our mom grew up going to Radio City and seeing the Rockettes and like, and we would like bring our parents out from time to time, like on tour. Like we would sometimes bring them out to play a Rockenheim song, but like Radio City, we were so nervous for. So like they asked before they were like, are you going to do like a surprise Rockenheim thing? And we were like, no, mom and dad, no, mom and dad, we're not doing it. <laughs> we're not doing, we're not oh. doing Rockenheim. Like this show is like the biggest show of our lives. Like we're just going to play the show. Like we just want it to be good continue so cut to we play the second night my voice literally sounds like this when we play it's it's sore it's hoarse we leave like oh no alana said on the talk back mic, i have like, like in we the have like middle, a mic we have like a mic on, on stage, stage that like only our only like the people on like stage our can hear. stage manager our tour manager can all hear and alana says like hey can you ready our mom and dad can you just tell them that we need them to do Mustang Sally for the encore because we can't do the, we can't do an encore. We're, yeah. Our voices are, good. our voices are fucked. Fine. Two. We do another two songs. I go backstage and I find my tour manager to get ready for the, like, I'm like, where are my parents? And she literally just points to a corner and it's my dad doing paradiddles. Yeah, they're like warming up. Like warming up on the side of the stage. My mom's like, cheesecake, 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 cheesecake. Cheesecake, cheesecake. Like warming. They're professionals. They went back to Club Med Times. They were like, a five, six, seven, eight, let's go. Like we're playing the song and they killed it. I mean, that was a highlight of the year talking to the Heim sisters. And also just getting three siblings at once. They said it couldn't be done. The way they share focus is just a delight. Yeah, I think it was Alana has sort of like a quick story and then even like delivers it back to Esty and says, like, I'm back to you. Uh, continue. Yeah, you're right. That continue is just speaks to, oh my God, it is. There's something musical about it. Obviously makes sense. That's how uh, mom and dad tell stories. They like just will have a quick yeah. clarification and then they'll just turn it over, uh, turn it over to the other. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my gosh. The best thing about every time mom or dad interrupt each other, and it's hard to do this, it's never additive. <laughs> no. It never makes it better. It only slows it down. Yeah. Cheesecake, 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 cheesecake. Can you do it? Cheesecake, cheese. Well, I don't know. I did it in the song. You did. You did do it. That was one of your finest. We should ask. Do you have a favorite? Do you have a favorite song at the end of the first year? No, I feel I feel like we kind of talk about this. That one was one of them. The Timothy Oliphant was one of them. We have talked about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. I didn't want to. I didn't mean to put you back on the spot. That was so fun. Also, they do paint a great picture of that experience of being at Radio City with their parents, which also brings it all together in that sort of family way that we try to focus on in this show. Imagine how much we would have had to lose our voices to have mom and dad come on. <laughs> We would have to lose our voices to the place that we couldn't say the words. No, not them. <laughs> All right. Who's up next? It's actually someone you just mentioned. It is the hilarious, can't stop laughing, so giggly, Timothy Olivant. Here's the clip. So I had a job in New Orleans last year, 
Daisy Jones and the Six. It's on Daisy Amazon. Jones and the Six. You were wonderful in it. Thank you. I'm still hoping for the Emmy nom. Oh, oh, it's um, a shame. This is, uh, yeah. This is post. This, this will not happen. land in the nominating window. It didn't happen. I should have done a scene where I just cried. I just yeah. cried. But a lot of times the directors, if it wasn't written that way, they will tell you, stop crying. I know, but I can't tell you how many jobs I've done where I start crying in the middle of the scene. <laughs> <laughs> and, and the director's like, what are you doing? He goes, Oliphant. What are you doing? I said, it's Oliphant. <laughs> he says, Oliphant? I said, yeah, Oliphant. He says, okay, same question. What are you doing, Oliphant? And I said, I'm trying to win us some hardware here. And he says, because he's like, the scene doesn't call for crying. Yeah. And I was like, dude, big picture. <laughs> you know what I mean? If you start crying during this, you might very well win a potty. Um, yeah. Or at least be Anytime, nominated for but one. Find a good, like, sort of organic place to start crying during the pod. Can we go back and talk about how my family never took us on trips? Yeah, let's go, please. <laughs> Can we circle back? Yeah. Because yep, I yep. could bring it. I should have. I could have brought it right there. I could have brought the fireworks right there. And then people are like, honey, it's not about trips, but this is incredible. This yeah. He <laughs> took a, an emotional trip. <laughs> exactly. And you can take it with him. That's the thing about podcasts. One of our favorite people. Yeah. And just like, yeah, he's just going to throw curveballs. Yeah. If Tim Oliphant was a major league pitcher, it would all be junk balling. (laughs) (laughs) But I got to say, his curveballs are fastballs. They are. His curveballs are fastballs. That's the nice thing you can say about the man. And it's true. The other great thing about the Oliphant episode, which you maybe took away from the fact that we were not in any way talking about trips, he basically came on, immediately shot down the premise of the whole endeavor. (laughs) Yeah, didn't like it. And yet it was still a very, a very freewheeling and enjoyable uh, hour. Really one worth going back and listening to. Also, it was during the writer's strike, so I think we were in the, the situation where we weren't allowed to plug stuff. Yeah. If you ever uh, watched the show Justified, Justified City Primeval uh, was out this year, came out during the strike. Uh, he was great in it. He's great in everything. Yeah, I, I remember hearing him around the same time he was on uh, Fresh Air and Dave Davies was sitting in for Terry Gross. And I feel like he was throwing Dave Davies curveballs, and Dave Davies was like, what? <laughs> what are you doing? Yeah. He just, like, didn't want to answer the questions they were asking on Fresh Air. It's great, yeah. I love that he's like, look, I know you've established yourself as a certain kind of interview show, Fresh Air, but this is this is Olifant O'Clock. I did it wrong again. Oliphant. Yeah, but it's uh, after going through the experience of uh, of chatting with him for an hour and then to to hear him given the same treatment to Dave Davies uh, was great. Yeah. Uh, who handled it very well, I should say. So thank you, Timothy, for being one of our early guests. Okay, so this last clip is for the songs. And Josh, we got so many messages about how listeners just love all of your songs. And this was probably the one they messaged about the most, so I'm just gonna play a short clip of that. Okay. Twas on a Thanksgiving, took turkey on the go. The juices and the broth, they spilled out on the floor. Next time you drive with turkey, get yourself a deeper pan. In summertime, you're gonna have to sell that minivan. Don't ever trust your children until they've grown up Cause they mightn't always tell you just where they have thrown up 
Have more mashed potatoes or have another roll. But do yourself a favor, skip that green bean casserole. We reached out. We asked everybody what their favorite songs were. And that was our listener episode, our Thanksgiving listener episode. And I'm very happy that everybody kind of got the celebrity treatment. They reached in. They got their own their own Poshy song. The first listener episode, I feel like I just wrote about one person, I think. And then, yeah, no one said their name in the second episode, in the second listener episode we did. But I sort of wanted to get everyone in there. It happens sometimes when I'm working on a song that I'm just like, I'm just going to do a verse and a chorus. Just a verse and a chorus, and then I'm out. But then on a listener episode, I don't want to leave anyone out. And it's not that hard. That song sort of came to me as one to do where it's two couplets for everyone or maybe four. Yeah, I was so glad it worked out. And then, you know, a friend of mine reached out and was like, well, this one sounds the most like sort of who you're trying to parody, which I didn't think that was going to be the case. But yeah, I am so happy that people like these things. And the the few times I've been like recognized from the podcast, people always talk about the songs and it, yeah, makes me makes me feel like it's worth it <laughs> spending yeah. so much time in this tiny closet. I know. And I think the one thing I want to just hammer home is I could I could also do them. Oh yeah, you should do one for this episode. <laughs> you want to take one? Bringing it full circle. This uh, Shelter from the Storm off Blood on the Tracks. Blood on the Tracks is I would say top 5 Myers Family Desert Island disc. Yeah. And so it was very nice to, for me, to hear you singing a version of that song um, was lovely as well. Yeah. That was an album that we would put on, we would play hearts, and we would mumble our way through yeah. an entire album. It was to the point that whatever people were blaming Bob Dylan for doing, if they called that mumbling, wait till you hear us. Oh, yeah. Wait till you hear us. Enunciation Jones is what they called him next to the Myers family. <laughs> well, there you go. That is our best of 2023. There was a lot more uh, that was great. All of our guests. If you haven't heard, go back, listen to the library, and we'll put up episode numbers for you in the show notes for people to reference if you want to go back and listen. And uh, yeah, I, have, I hope everybody is uh, going to have a great 2024. We'll keep making these podcasts, and, and thanks uh, for continuing to listen. Yeah, thank you guys so much. This is a blast for us. And if we can do anything that sort of it makes your day a little more fun. I can't tell you how much that means to us. Yeah, thanks, everybody. Simply the best. <laughs> the best clips from the podcast this year. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody else had clips that work better than these. This is easier than I thought it would be. So put on your headphones. Mm-hmm. Listen while you go to the store Maybe while you're on a run Or maybe listen in your car Simply the best Thanks, everybody. <laughs> Love you, Sufi. Love you, Paji. So many great guests this year. I really can't pick a favorite. A new year starting, but we're looking back. Jimmy Kimmel, John Mulaney, Billy Bobby Brown, John Oliver, Hyman Dax, Anna Ferris, Reggie Watts, Dino and all the Fonz, Kogan Jost and Tom Holland.
and Shuma, Tepper and Bill, Penn, Nava and Sophie from Podcrush. Come on. Vardalus and Leslie Jones, Vargatesy as well. It is an embarrassment of riches. Baron holds an offer man. A Baron Sam P. Davidson. Simply the best The best clips from the podcast this year Nobody else Had clips that were better than these This is easier than I thought it would be So put on your headphones Listen while you go to the store